The upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. Welcome to Taking You to School with Dr. Tom Pritchard. I am your co-host, J.P. John Paz from the two-man power trip of wrestling. And, of course, joining me is the star of the show, the former WWE World Tag Team Champion, eight-time Smoky Mountain Wrestling Tag Team Champion, and one of the greatest trainers ever in the history of professional wrestling, the Doctor of Desire, the heavenly body himself, Dr. Tom Pritchard. Dr. Tom, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, John. It's always been a beautiful day in Knoxville, Tennessee, but I spent... About uh, six hours on the road coming back from Indianapolis this afternoon. So uh, when I got here, uh, Knoxville was beautiful, ready and waiting for me to, to come back in, to, to enter the uh, confines again of this uh, wonderful city. How was the Squared Circle Expo? I got to tell you, uh, it's been a while since I've, I've done a convention or anything like this but it was really cool it was great um i saw a bunch of old friends saw some uh, new friends and uh one of the guys uh i saw that that i was man it was so it was so good to see this guy and um because he he works for aew and he came by the table and he stopped and and i looked at him and uh he looked like a star. He, he looked like a star. He looked like somebody. And uh, I remember when he was just trying to be that somebody. He told me about it uh, many, many years ago in, uh, uh, at a Harley race camp. It was uh, a couple guys, friends. And, and and he was telling me about this skateboarding gimmick he had and he, about this energy he had. <laughs> And I'm listening, and I said, "Man, okay, I, I I don't I don't get it. I don't see it yet. But but if you believe it, you got to make it come to life." So uh, there was Darby Allen painted up. He was in his uh, uh, jacket, and he, he looked uh, he looked like somebody. He really did, and I was I was glad to see that. He told me about um, a story that he remembered. I told him at the camp, or told everybody at the camp, and I. I I actually I texted him last night because I got to thinking about it. Wait a minute, I don't I don't recall the story, but he said he had he told me that the reason he paints half of his face and and uh, we had we had a nice conversation and he told me I told the story to everybody about uh, uh, when I was younger I would gather all the cats in my neighborhood, put them in a sleeping bag and and drown them in the river. 
Well, that's not true, obviously. I mean, but that was a story I got to get everybody's attention. You said, I never forgot that. And you said to, to have a story, have a backstory, and get everybody's attention. So so that was cool to hear, too. And uh, he was... <laughs> He, he was, he was, uh, he looked like he's doing very well. And uh, more, well, I'm glad for him and I'm glad for anybody who's doing well. Saw a few other guys, uh, gosh, Billy Gunn, Al Snow, uh, Godfather. It's always fun. And I sat next to Kevin Sullivan. Oh, all, Sully. All, yes, all day long. Thanks. And we were laughing and bringing up uh, uh, a lot of things, <laughs> a lot of things from both of our past that we're going, how in the hell are we still here? And how are we walking the streets? But a different time, different era. But it was a very nice time. It was kind of cool. Uh, Indianapolis is one of those uh, places I've visited a couple times and uh, just just was an inviting city this weekend. I got to tell you, there was a lot of people and they all had fun. At least it seemed that way. I know I did. As far as Darby Allen, surprise, he doesn't seem like your cup of tea uh, as far as a uh, wrestler. Yeah, I agree 100%. And uh, that was a good thing to see that, um, once again, I like fishing and I like strawberries. But uh, when I go fishing, I put worms on the hook because I'm trying to catch fish. And therefore, AEW is trying to get fans. And obviously, man, I got to tell you, here's another thing we can we can either acknowledge it face it or just completely ignore it but as i pulled into uh, the Wyndham in indianapolis i saw a family get out guess what their young son had to been six seven years old i mean a small kid guess who he was dressed up like darby allen nope hulk hogan yeah, two more huh hulk hogan no one more time one more guess uh jericho Orange Cassidy. Oh, okay, okay, okay. And it was obvious, and he was wearing the shades and and had his hands in his pocket as he was walking up to the gimmick. And I said, right there. So, uh, doesn't have to be my cup of tea. Certainly not. Uh, my, I'm not the demo they're going after. But uh, I, you know, when you see somebody, if they look like somebody, and and yesterday. Uh, Darby Allen looked like a star. He looked like somebody. And whether he's my cup of tea or not, it's always good to see somebody follow their dreams, stay true to themselves, and be a success. And uh, you can't knock success. And you can't knock, I mean, you can, but it does you no good because it makes you look even crazier than you might be. I'll speak for myself. And uh, anyway, uh, again, it's not necessarily my cup of tea. But if you make it work, and go out and be a success in wrestling, uh, be a success in whatever you do. More power to you. I, I'll, I will say that. Uh, and 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 again, Darby Allen versus some of the people on there. Um, some of those people on there who I'm not necessarily a fan of don't look like stars. And I've seen them in street clothes. I haven't seen them up close uh, or in person. But, uh, again, he was one of those things where you looked at him, and, yes, he had the face painted, and, yes, he just had this uh, uh, demeanor about him. And I can't explain it. You just, when you, when you saw him, you knew he wasn't, he wasn't wearing what everybody else was wearing. He wasn't wearing his gimmick shirt. He, looked, he had a, a nice shirt on, uh, the jacket, and um, you, you would not mistake him for uh, just somebody in the crowd. He looked different.
And that, that's, that's always good to see. So eight-year-old, okay, with the Orange Cassidy, you know, Halloween getup, if you will. What about if a 38-year-old was dressed up as Orange Cassidy for Halloween? Would you be a little embarrassed by that? Uh, I don't know if that would embarrass me as much as I might be, uh, depending on who that 38-year-old year old person was. If he happened to own the company, it might be uh, uh, telling, <laughs> not embarrassing, but it would be telling. And, and once again, if he's having fun... Um, more power to them and if you if you're making it and you're doing if you're supplying the audience with what they want then how do you argue with that but but are they um i don't know i know that that i did i know that i did see uh up close and personal you know the guys who walked by and the guys who looked the part and the guys who didn't Guys who told me they have to wear their their T-shirt to the ring to, to market themselves, uh, okay. And then the guys who don't. So, uh, yeah, it was it was kind of cool. With uh, Vince back in the day, I don't think I, I saw him wearing a Coco Beware getup. You know what I mean? I don't think he was dressing around and walking around like that. Well, that that again just goes back to uh, the Constitution and the the personality if you will. Vince is all about uh, making stars, and I don't think he's going to single out. I'll take that back. Of course he singled out. <laughs> they all single out. But uh, to dress up as one of your stars, uh, I don't I don't think would fit Vince because Vince himself is a star. So, uh, and he believes he's a star, and he, and he was a star prior to becoming Mr. McMahon. But, you know, at one time, Vince did dye his hair blonde like Dr. Jerry Graham, and Vince did do a lot of things that uh, uh, some of the other guys did. So uh, I think Vince was just farther along in his life um, at that stage when Coco and, and, and all those guys happened at, uh, in the 80s. So, uh, but Vince has dressed up before. He's gone that extra mile. It's just been many, many years ago, before Vince the Internet. When Vince started up WBF in, in the early 80s, he was the same age as Khan is. Well, but, so but he had, maybe but he he's had more been, mature, maybe. He had been on TV prior to that. He oh, had, yeah. He had already yep. been, you know, he, he had already had his taste of uh, uh, fame, and he was just getting the fortune then. So maybe he would, maybe he wouldn't. But obviously, uh, you know, it was all up to him. And, and I think he made the right choice. For sure. Now, kind of switching gears completely and talking about a little bit of, of a sad note, kind of a little bit of a shocker just because of how young he really was. But New Jack, the original gangster, the ECW legend, one of the great promo guys, Smoky Mountain Wrestling, set a fire by this guy. New Jack, RIP, can't believe uh, he passed away. Only 58 years old. Well, man. Oh, let me just do this because it's been a long week, John. I got to tell you. Um, I know you text me with the news, but I was actually on the phone uh, with a friend of mine who, who called me uh, with the news. And, yeah, it was a shock. Um, I saw him last year at a show in Sevierville, and we talked. Uh, seemed like he was in a great place. What, one of the crazy things uh, that people told me, um, I'm trying to think of who said it. There's a couple of people. George South said it on Facebook, and somebody else said it um, maybe at the table that I was sitting at. 
that, that he had asked George South to pray with him. And then he asked somebody else to pray with him. And through the years, that was a, a theme with him, you know, that uh, if, if you were spiritual in any way, shape, or form, he was looking for uh, someone to at least put him on the right channel in his life. So uh, you don't have to believe you, you, you can do whatever you want in this life. But if, if it makes you feel better and gives you some solace and, and peace of mind or, or peace either way do what you got to do and uh, I really think again he was he was misunderstood by a lot of people I gotta heard it all uh, about how terrible he was he stabbed the guy he cut this poor kid up and beat up Gypsy Joe and I love Gypsy Joe too it's, it's but but I know how Gypsy can be and I know who knew Jack can be and there was no compromise that night. So that's that's a whole chapter in itself. And uh, none of us are perfect, especially in this business. And uh, have we all done questionable things? Oh, my God. No doubt. But it, we all have to face it, and we're all going to die one day. And uh, it is a shame. It's sad. But... Um, it's inevitable and none of us get none of us get out alive so that's why I say don't take this life too seriously because it's gonna end just just be nice to people <laughs> do do the things you can and uh, I haven't always lived by that code either but but I think that's what we have to do especially when something like this happens to a guy like that because he you had you either loved him or you hated him but but once again, the ones who hated him, I don't think really knew him, or if they did, they they got sideways with him by whatever means necessary, and uh, obviously they felt it was necessary at the time, and he felt it was necessary at the time to be sideways, and it seemed as though the the last couple or the last year of his life that I uh, that I saw the last time I saw him again last year, and we talked after the matches. Uh, had a good talk after the matches. Seemed like he was in a great place. But it will happen to all of us one day. So, got to expect it. Yeah, I did a signing with him a couple of years back. I've interviewed him before. He was great. So funny, he used to carry on that huge knife. I've got a great picture. He's got the knife up to my throat. Gigantic thing. A huge blade. But it's just funny. It's like the gimmick. You know, like, oh, this guy is nuts. He's crazy. He's off the wall. He's got this knife. But, you know, it's, it's more gimmick. Is when you actually sit down and talk to him. Super nice well, guy, cool, cool. Yeah, crazy I, like a fox. I remember, yes, exactly. I remember uh, calling him, him calling when I was in talent relations in WWE, and nobody wanted to touch him. Uh, he was that convincing, and he was that real, and he kind of laughed about it, chuckled like, "Oh man, I can't believe they're they're not seeing what's going on here." But but his reputation preceded him and uh, that was yeah he I don't think he was willing to compromise and I don't know that it would have been a good fit or not we'll never know obviously but but I do know that he was uh, once again you you give respect you earn respect and then you get respect and with new Jack if you uh, gave respect he gave it back and if you didn't he didn't and I think that was part of his code he lived by. And you have to have something to hang your hat on, something to believe in. And um, I, I truly 
feel that that's uh, the code he lived by. Respect me, I'll respect you back. With him and WWE, was he serious? Did he really want to work there? I think so. I think so. I just don't think the time was right uh, to, to bring in any more problem children. There were enough problem children uh, at the time, and I don't. I just don't think. Uh, I, I don't think that bridge was completed yet. Yeah, they were building it with, with other guys, giving other guys a chance. But for so for whatever reason, I mean, you know the uh, the mass transit gimmick. The the mm. there were there were plenty of episodes uh, that they could point to and say, and eh, no, so. Uh, it's, it's something he had to live with, and he did. Vic Grimes. <laughs> yeah, well, that too. Grimes, I don't think Grimes was there when he was trying to get in, but Grimes did come to uh, WWE for a little bit. And once again, man, I mean, we all have our cards were dealt, and he played his hand the, the way he felt he should. And uh, for the most part, it did him, it served him well. Is that something where you hear like from Vince that they're not interested or Bruce or who kind of tells you they're not interested in him? Uh, that was a JR call. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, so it's when just not, not, a, not at this time. Not so at they this time. won't, even, wouldn't even give him like a tryout or, or which would be crazy for him, I, but like anything. I, I don't know if he had a tryout or not. I just remember it was during a period that, um, a lot was happening, I think, with with uh, rosters, and, and it very well could have been going back and forth with Paul and uh, ECW. So I don't know the particulars. Uh, I just know that there were days it could be a, a real crazy day that would turn into a week and two weeks and then months down the road. Uh, it would be forgotten about, and maybe if he would have called back then, and maybe if he would have... Uh, picked a different time to ask or talk, maybe it would have been different. But sometimes, you know, you, you call on this day, no. Call on that day, no. But you call the third day, and it's, oh, hey, yeah, where you been? We've been looking for you. Yeah. So, I wonder if he that, would have fit in with the new ECW, you know, in the mid-2000s. You know what? I don't know. Uh, because he was that guy who was authentic. He was that guy who wanted to make sure you believed in him and everybody else could be whatever they wanted to be, but he was that guy. And I, I don't know, if, I don't know if there were people that were already on the roster that uh, might have said, oh, no, but, but, but it ended up the way it ended up. And uh, I, I don't know. I just don't know. With him, I mean, obviously 58, way too young to go, heart attack, but Apparently, big partier, you know, his whole career, crazy bumps he would take and, you know, flying off balconies and stuff like that. That hardcore, crazy style, that ECW style, uh, balls to the wall. One of those things where it's like, man, I guess that catches up to you eventually. But he, he kind of passed that point. So you think, like, okay, you know what I mean? He's, he, he, he's gonna, he made it over the hill and he's going to, you know, live his life out. So it really sucked to hear that. I was like, wow, what a shocker. He's 50 yeah. Years, damn. Yeah, and a lot of people have lived hard and lived into their 70s and 80s. I know. I know a couple of them. And um, so it, it is. It's, it's way too young. But I, <laughs> I was sitting there Saturday night uh, after after we got done and uh, watched uh, some of the show. 
and came back and I was, I was sitting in this room, the hotel room, and I looked around saying, you know, if this is it, I, I don't I I don't know that I wanna have this as my <laughs> my last memory and my last uh existence. I, I I just and I started thinking that and I'm going, whoa, 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 let's reel it back in, Tom, because uh uh you're doing okay and everything's fine. But you started thinking like that because uh, it is young, and you know, at, at, when you're 23, even when you're 40, you don't think 58 is young, and then you realize, hold on, it, you still have time, you still have uh, th some things to do. So, um, you never know when it's coming, and you don't know where it's going to happen, and that's that's the thing. We just don't know when our number's coming up, and uh, everybody has a number, and everybody's going to pay the price. Yeah. Crazy yeah. with uh, crazy with New Jack though. Um, with him, obviously, we've talked about him a while back. We had a whole episode de dedicated to the gangsters and to him, and they'll run through Smoky Mountain and your history with him, because man, some of those promos and some of that stuff, like we talked about on that show. Check the archives; you want to hear the whole episode because it's great. They put we, you know they put the disclaimer on the bottom. This is not the views of Smoky Mountain Wrestling. New Jack comes out and says, "OJ Simpson, I'm proud of you." Two more down that we don't have to worry about. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. he would say some crap. I mean, and those fans were talking about riots, legit riots, where they wanted yeah. to kill him. And, and were, he, he was authentic. He was that guy, and and he knew how to push buttons. He knew how to get a reaction. That's what this is. And uh, uh, was it was it a little too stiff and over the line sometimes? Well, <laughs> the only ones who really know or have gone over the line are the ones who got up there and said, "Yep, let's let's cross it," and just kept going. So. Yeah, he 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 knew uh, that was a, a trigger for a lot of people, and, and justly so. Uh, but God Almighty, man, that doing things like that, while you can say they're tasteless and out of line and uncalled for and don't belong in this uh, professional wrestling show, yeah, they do. Because that was the, the the raw emotion that you knew wrestling fans and people in general would get to. Some would get turned off by it, I understand. But it, it, he was an acquired taste. And uh, I'm not going to sit here and say he was always an upstanding uh, citizen of the law. That's, that's not what it is. But the fact is, as a human being and as somebody who loved the business and understood the business, that... He was there to generate heat. He was there to generate a reaction and true emotion. I think he did his job. I think he did a hell of a job. So he, he got he got uh, uh, the the emotions not only not only of the fans, but some of the boys going too. And he knew he knew exactly what he was doing. So uh, a, a performer like that comes along. Uh, every so so many years and it's not commonplace especially today in this culture we live in with a new jack and smoking mountain i'm surprised that him and cornette got along so well but they got along great didn't they they did because i think uh uh they understood each other and jim understood that in this part of the country especially when you say certain things, certain words, and with a certain attitude, it's going to get a reaction. And uh, Jimmy knew that, 
and New Jack knew that. And I think that's why they did get along so great because both of them not only went to the line, they did step over on, on more than one occasion. And and that's what it takes. Not it, Not everybody can do that. Not everybody wants to do that. But that's the unpredictability, the 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 danger, the the realism, the authenticity. That was part of it. And then once you uh, peeled the layers down and and got back into who uh, and what this guy really was, um, I, I think it couldn't be farther from the truth and how he really felt uh, about a lot of things. He knew how to get that that raw emotion out of people but uh he also understood where he was at and he understood uh what his job was to do and i thought he did it very well man uh, he will be missed there was so many like an outpour of all these great wrestling legends and all these people writing about you know their connection with him and how much you know they enjoyed him whether it was him cutting promos or wrestling him or just him behind the scenes so many people love the guy. So R.I.P. New Jack. Uh, sad to see him go. Like I said, too young. Too young to go. Well, yeah. And <laughs> I don't know what uh, some people can write right now. I I can't. I can't write uh, a eulogy right now. I can't write anything right now. I'm, I'm, of course, it just happened Saturday. But I, I just don't. Uh, I don't. I don't know if I have the. Uh, the words to write down. I know the words I'm feeling. I know how. I know the emotion I'm feeling. But to write it all down right now, no, nah, it's just not. Uh, I'm just not feeling that. I, I think New Jack knows, especially after talking to him this last time. Uh, he knew. He knew what was up. He knew who who he was cool with and who he wasn't. And um, I think he was trying to be cool with everybody, trying to make amends in his own way, because you can't go to every single person and say, hey, I'm sorry, but you can say, look, if you if there's any way to make amends and, and prepare for whatever's next on my journey, then let's do it. And uh, I think it is pretty much telling that he's asking people, if they'll pray with him or pray for him or pray with him together or whatever it was and uh <laughs> who would have thought new jack who would have thought that's what i'm saying who would have thought i i wouldn't think but but with me again he he's always been the same guy he he, he was a cool guy just like when he was with you you know you're, you're talking to him doing business with him he he's not you know, yeah, get on with it, man. Come on, let's do it. No, no, no. He 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 understands you're doing business. If he got a, if he got uh, annoyed, maybe. But overall, I think he knew, and he was. Uh, yeah, it was it was good to see him. I'm I'm glad when he was here that I did get to go and uh, out afterwards, and we could hang out for a little bit and talk. You know, because uh, and I'm learning that especially as we go on. That's why I really enjoy going to these conventions because I know I'm going to see some people I may not see again. And whether I was close to anybody in the business or not, growing up or not, um, I'm learning more and more as I go that that still these are people who are, who are rare. These are people who I, I shared uh, some time with. And seeing a guy like Darby Allen, uh, 
is, is it my cup of tea, that wrestling and that, that kind of stuff? You're right. No, I mean, I grew up on a whole different era. But at the same time, it is cool to see somebody live their dream, make it, and become a star to, next to a guy like Sting. And it meant so much to him, too. And he even said, man, Sting's been cool this whole time. Uh, and, and it couldn't happen any better. And, and the A&E thing came along at the right time. So, once again, live your life, have a dream, fulfill it, and do it. Because life is short, but don't take it too seriously because uh, you're not going to get out alive. We just have a year we're born, and then a short little dash, and a year you die. And all that, and that your life is combined in that one little dash. Everything you did, boom. So have fun, relax, enjoy it. Find somebody nice to hang out with, and uh, do what you got to do. R.I.P. New Jack, and as far as Darby Allen. Orange Cassidy, Darby Allen. I feel like Darby is so much ahead of him. Just I watch AEW every week, and I'm like, man, Orange Cassidy stinks. <laughs> the gimmick stinks. He hasn't shown any other gear where like he can get better. He's just plateau. Darby Allen's like, man, this guy is nuts. He does, you know, this is crazy toupee. Yeah, he's gonna kill himself. I know he's injured himself a few times, but at least he's given something. He's given the fans something to cheer. It's, it's. I don't know. He's like a jet, new Jeff Hardy version. It's like sometimes uh, you, like you don't get him, but there's something quality about him. Some little quiet charisma. He, I think he's like the new Jeff Hardy. Obviously, small guy too. Jeff Hardy's not as small as you think, but no, small no, no, guy no, no. too. You're, yes, you're right, and, that, and that's exactly what crossed my mind too. Is it was Jeff Hardy ish. And uh, having that passion for the business, and once again, like I said, he's he is uh, um, that special breed that does those those things that that have a niche audience or have people who are going to say that's cool or that's a kid that I like to watch. And uh, once again, he he was <laughs> he bought a beautiful house. He was telling me about the things he's doing. So look. He's doing it right. He's not a, a not into drinking and drugging. Uh, saved his, his money. Uh, he's in a great position, and um, his line was wrapped around and out the door. So, wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was great. It was it was it was good to see. I, I really do enjoy seeing. Uh, People have, who have that energy and that buzz about them doing well and, and knowing that they have this charisma. You say quiet charisma. It was, uh, uh, it was, it was pumping that hmm. when, when he was there, you, you could, you could feel it. And he, he had, uh, he had a great vibe about him. So, uh, once again, more power to it, more power to all those guys that, that are, living their life it's not you have to have credibility and this is one thing i harp on but this guy as a as a star you don't have to be the biggest guy in the world but you have to have something about you you have to have something uh that that precedes you when you walk in the room you know like five feet ahead of you or, or whatever it may be you you can you can feel you coming you can you can see you coming you can hear you coming uh you can smell you're coming and he had all of that uh, Saturday, and, and it was very cool that he stopped by, and I appreciate that. And uh, the fact that, that he is doing well, uh, I'm glad to see for anybody. Even if I don't care for their style, I'm glad to see him at least have the balls, have the guts, 
and wherewithal to go out and prove everybody wrong. That's that's one of the coolest things ever. I tell people all the time. Prove not only everybody who's told you, prove me wrong. If I say, man, I, I think you ought to try something else, and you're dead set on it, believe in yourself first. Uh, and if you're you're that confident and you want to take a chance on you, don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Because nobody can tell you how you need to approach this persona or this event, whatever that event may be. It may be your entire career. There's your event. However you want to approach that, you have to believe it. You have to breathe life into it. And you have to do it your way. Uh, and, and have that positive energy and that positive thought. And uh, that's what this guy did. And I'm, again, I'll say it over and over and over. I'm happy for him. I'm glad he's doing it. Now, as far as today's topic, the guy we wanted to talk about, I was curious if he's got that quiet, or not really quiet, but that charisma, something about him. That's Kofi Kingston, a guy you've trained and were very, very uh, proud of as, as he's kind of moved up and moved on in the business. But what about Kofi? Where'd you first meet him and, and when? Was it, I guess it was in the mid-2000s in Florida, right? Um... I believe Kofi might have been in mid south or deep south. Was he not? Or maybe. I see. It's funny because deep south is like it just disappears. So <laughs> you know I mean? well, it just disappeared off the face of the earth at one point. No, what happened was, yeah. Well, it kind Johnny of, Ace made it disappear. Yeah. Yeah, but we came in and uh, in one night got everything out, and then we're waiting on waiting to find a place in Florida. And everybody was in limbo. I think Kofi was part of that crew in Deep South. And either way, he was, uh, yeah, he had a he had a quiet charisma about him. But he wasn't. You're right. He wasn't so quiet. He knew how to perform. He knew how to cut promos back then. And they were using the uh, Jamaican accent. Yes, uh, Jamaican was, me crazy. Yes, yes. So I mean, that was uh, one of the things that I thought. Hmm. But uh, he was he was great, always a pleasure. Never had any problems with him, and he, he was one of those guys like an RVD or a Jeff Hardy or uh, whoever else who who they uh, shined a light on and said, "Here, you're the world champion now." What else? I mean, he he organically got over too, and and that's that's great to see. Uh, not the biggest guy in the world, but once again, it's it's not the size of the dog in the fight. It is the size of the fight in the dog. And that goes with charisma. That goes with uh, just getting, getting over uh, naturally and getting over um, authentically one more time like he could. And pairing up with uh, Xavier Woods and Big E, uh, they were always uh, cool guys in FCW. They would do things occasionally, and they would mix and match and, and things like that. But they that was a great combination um, of guys who, who knew how to make it work together. Three guys. It's hard enough to make it work with two if you're not that close. But these guys were. These guys were close in, uh, in Tampa, and uh, it just it just worked out that way. All three have talent in, in a different, not, I don't want to, they're all high level athletes and high level performers, but they all have different uh, talent in different ways and different 
things. And Kofi was certainly one of the guys who could do the the Royal Rumble spots um, and, and always always uh, pull something new out of his hat. And that that doesn't go unnoticed if you if you stay creative and stay on the good side. And he did. You know they they. <laughs> What we do in the ring is really that much. They have to like you. They being the people in charge of creative or whoever calls the shots. And if they don't like you, uh, and if you're not a, not a good person to have uh, in the locker room or a good person to be around, then you're not going to get very far. But Kofi had the right attitude. He had the right uh, skill. And he was talented. So, I, I'm again, he's another one who broke out of the pack and organically got over and and they they couldn't help but you know allo daniel bryan um you know all of a sudden people just started going whoa and now kofi's like whoa and here we go so uh again he's he's one of those guys that, that succeeded and continues to succeed saved his money and uh, has a great family and having a great time when he's first down there in FCW, like, what do you think of him? Like, oh, I mean, obviously he had some training before that, but what were you thinking? Like, oh, this guy's athletic. I'm going to have to slow him down. Or, or what were you kind of thinking about him? No, 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 no. He um, he was around guys like TJ Wilson, uh, Tyson Kidd. And I'm trying to think of who else. He Slater was down there. Um, <laughs> Trent Barretta was down there. Caleb Good boy. And guys, Good boy. Yeah, of yep. course, of course, of course. Uh, but, but – they were they were all together and they were all able to feed off each other and and the energy was uh, something that you walked in and some days you felt it stronger than others and and uh, other days you just knew that uh maybe the level was low and you needed to do something to pump it up and and if it was a gradual thing, great. But if we needed to do it fast, we we would have matches or we would put somebody in a situation where you're forced to cut a promo, you're forced to get creative, you're forced uh, without knowing you're being forced, but you know it. And finally, once we get that flow going, then everybody seems to join in. Didn't happen like that all the time. But with Kofi, uh, I remember doing vignettes with him. We, we would be... In FCW, and I, we would give them situations, and I, they were driving in a car. This is a situation promo, and give us the, the talk. Tell us what you guys would be talking about in the car. Tell us what you guys would be doing. <laughs> Things like that. And Kofi was never lost, uh, and neither were any of the guys that I mentioned. Uh, Big E, Xavier, all those guys were very creative, and he, <laughs> I thought this guy had talent. Um, he had a great attitude, and you knew that he believed, and, and he believed in himself. Um, he knew he was confident in what he could do, and it was obvious. And uh, you, you need confidence. You, you do. You need confidence. And there's a fine line between confidence and cockiness. And uh, Kofi had the confidence and knew he could do it, knew he could pull it out. So he was always a pleasure to work with, always. My old football coach used to say, cocky, confident. You don't want to be cocky, but you got to be confident. Cocky, yes, confident. You yes. He used to always believe. say that. Yep. Yeah. And, and there were, yeah, very true.
with Kofi, when they want to bring him up and they want to, you know, do the Jamaican gimmick, are you thinking to yourself, like, okay, this is crazy, you know, this guy is, <laughs> like, going to have to play this character, like, you know what I mean? Like, a typical WB nonsense, like, you're going to have to not only play a character, but a character doesn't really fit you, uh, you have to do an accent, you know what I mean? Like, still do it today with Apollo Crews. He does the Nigerian accent and stuff. So Correct. What do you Correct. think? Like, typical WB, you're thinking, oh, this is silly. Well, uh, I, I was thinking again, Nikita Koloff. Uh, you know, Nikita, even <laughs> my car broke down one time in the Carolinas. I had a shot working for uh, Greg Price, and it was uh, uh, anyway, and my car broke down. And it's just Nikita and me outside by the car. He just happened to walk out and say, Hey, how you doing? And I, I'm dressed. He didn't know me, but. Uh, He's talking in the German accent. Or German, thank you. Russian. Russian accent. Well, that's the same thing. German. <laughs> uh, he's talking in the Russian accent. And, I, and I'm looking at him thinking, what? But uh, that that was the extent he went to. And that was the length he went to. You know, I'm sure you heard the stories where he talked like that all around Charlotte. Same thing with Kofi. Um, I... I understood performing and i think he understood performing too that was just part of it uh i, I didn't think it was that big of a deal uh, because he was talented and whether you had an accent or not put on or not uh, if that's what you can do and follow through and take it to that next level it's like wearing polka dots uh if you can do that and take it to the next level and not let anybody see a, 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 a stretch or or a scar in that transition, you know, it was flawless, then so be it. Uh, I never had a problem with it. I never looked at it as a, a detriment to him. I looked at it as a positive that he could uh, not only do it, but convey that and, and not forget about it when he's, when he's somewhere um, where he needed to use it. You know, if some guys don't want to use it, Again, Nikita did it, hell, his whole career until how long ago? Five years ago. Right. So I didn't see anything wrong with it, actually. You're making me crazy. I keep thinking of that Mike Adamley when he was, you know, they basically threw him in the commentary, kind of like they did with this guy, Adam Ambert, where they just throw a sports guy into the commentary, and he's got to come up with catchphrases, and or, or they're feeding him that catchphrase. But, man – they're really trying to get over the fact that he was Jamaican. It's just so funny to go from that and then hearing his normal voice. You're like, yeah. what the hell? Where did that come from? But it, it, again, well, you're playing a character on TV. Exactly. You know, it, it was like uh, Kane had his face disfigured in this fire and he couldn't talk for years. He had to use the voice gimmick and all of a sudden it all goes away and then you mask and a lot of wow, therapy. It's, yeah, a lot it's of amazing. Therapy. Yeah, it's amazing that with the things they can do today. So, um, I, again, I, I, I love old school wrestling. I love old school thoughts and I love old school ways, but I, I do understand the past is a nice place to visit, you know, and live there. And, and I, I get that. Some things never go out of style, like the basics of fundamentals of entertainment and, uh, and working. Uh, but if you're not being entertaining, or you're not working well, you need to change. And uh, so I guess it was just the next evolution of Kofi being Kofi. Let him be authentic. Let him be who he is. And let's see what else we can get out of this. And obviously they got a lot out of it. 
so uh, again, that that was a that was a breakthrough that uh, will will keep on happening throughout. I think sports entertainment or throughout WWE anyway, because you had Scott Hall with Razor Ramon, you had you know other people using phony gimmicks too, so and and phony uh, accents, but they they either made it work or they didn't. And uh, thank God Kofi did. Did you think, like, him himself, like, was he, like, a jokey guy that, like, oh, this is not going to translate to TV? Or are you thinking, like, okay, this guy is you know, hilarious backstage, like a jokester and funny, and he could translate that to TV? Because some guys can't. Right. No, you're right, 100%. And I did think that because he had that personality. He That was natural for him. Um, I'm sure... I'm sure he rubbed some people the wrong way because, again, you have confidence. And especially when you're that good and that nimble and able to uh, perform at his level, uh, that's going to elicit some petty emotion sometimes, jealousy, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's, it is showbiz. But I thought, yeah, he could, he could get this over being that, playful guy or and, and also being able to do cool moves he could come off the top he could uh walk on his hands he could do all these spots he could jump from here to there he 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 had talent and uh guys who who have that kind of talent are going to go those kind of places that he went and being world champions one of them that you could never take that away from and he did it he did it um his way and it worked do you think that if you're doing those crazy rumble spots and like you become that guy, do you think that is like a harder thing to translate into like a main event wrestler? Cause people think of you as like the spot monkey guy and like, Oh, you could do this. You could do crazy things and you're the real rumble guy. You know, it's that one of those things where maybe it doesn't translate to a main eventer. Well, this is my opinion. I think with the rumble being a gimmick match in itself, uh, that's the place to do it. I don't, being a spot monkey guy to me means doing spots in, in, in random order. Just there's no rhyme or reason for it. Uh, Kofi did the things that made sense in the rumble and doing the cool stuff that nobody else could do. You know, jumping off here, landing on the railing, the, you know, that, that uh, yep. it has molded, uh, I don't know, it's not plastic, but it's, but it's molded, you know, uh, padding on it. And to jump from either – the ring or where we jump from uh, to land on that and not fall off is, is that's, that's one spot that's amazing enough as it is, but he went on and created other stuff. So he, he wasn't just a spot monkey that was doing spots for no reason. He did stuff when it made sense. And the, the rumble match was certainly where to put it. Were they doing spots uh, during their matches? Of course, but he also, that was what they did. The The New Day actually did some really cool and sensible tag team um, moves and, and, and things that if you watch, you know, when they do the quick tag and they move around the, the corner and they come in, they go out this way and move around quick tags, that's basic tag team wrestling. And they've done some basic stuff. They studied the Freebirds. They studied the great tag teams. They, they are students of the game. So I think uh, everything he did in the rumble made sense. If he was out there doing matches and just uh, playing and doing all the high spots, then he, then I would consider him just 
considered that match a spot fest and wouldn't mean a thing. But he, they knew how to tell stories, and Kofi knows how to tell stories. Do you think that once you get put in the New Day and you become you know, a team for years and years and years, I think it's like six years or something like that, but it's so many tag title reigns. I think it's over eight. I mean, it's so many multiple tag title reigns. Do you think it's hard to break out from that mold, or you think like sometimes like they put Kofi in that spot? It's like, you're a tag team guy. That's what we think of you. No. No, 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 no. I, it, once again, it goes with um, – the attitude, it goes with the, the, the sense that this is a talent that can't be held back. Some, some, some guys don't want to get out of a tag team. Uh, but if one, and usually in a tag team, you have one guy who shines and one guy who stays right here. Uh, with New Day, you had three incredible personalities. But Kofi's the one who broke out. Uh, at that time, Xavier Woods, again, another another confident, talented guy. Big E, just look at him. He, he's, he's got success written all over him because he has that attitude. He has that mindset. Uh, I don't think, I could be wrong. This is my opinion. I don't think they are pigeonholing anybody these days, especially if you're in a tag team, because they, creative, or who's ever making those decisions are looking for talent everywhere on the roster. And uh, whether it's Ray Mysterio and Dominic as a father and son tag team, if they see Dominic uh, getting the reaction they're, they're, they're sensing or they, they tune into, then I don't think they would hesitate to, to disband in that team. Right. Uh, so, yeah. So, I mean, Kofi, uh, was going to stand out there. All three of those guys are going to stand out. And a tag team doesn't last forever. Eventually, it does have to break up. You do have to go and do your, your own thing. Whether you get back together or not, it's, it remains to be seen. But I really do believe Kofi was destined, and as is Xavier, as is uh, Big E, they are destined uh, for different and bigger things in their career. With Kofi, is actually a 14-time tag team champion. I thought it was a lot, but it was a lot because it was Raw plus SmackDown plus another right. WWE tag title reign he had with uh, CM Punk even before they started putting the different tag titles on both brands. So, I mean, man, he, they put him in that kind of hole for a while, but also four-time IC champion, also three-time United States champion. So, like, he had a – obviously, he's been there for a very long time. He's been there for about 15 years. So, he's had a very, very long run. But obviously, they must think a lot of you. I mean, they keep putting a belt on him every two every two minutes. Obviously, was just tag champ a few months ago. Yeah, and and they hosted WrestleMania, and they were part of it, even though they may not have been on the card. But they they were uh, they were a featured part of WrestleMania, and so yeah, it it really does take having the attitude, having having the. Uh, mindset to be ready at all times because you never know you never know what's going to happen you never know when you're going to get called and uh, thankfully those guys have that work ethic and and ready to go at any time any place you want to plug those guys in at they will make it work with him eventually becoming WWE world champion a bit shocking it looked like they were going with mustafa ali against daniel bryan ali gets hurt and all of a sudden a few months before that wrestlemania at wrestlemania 35 kofi mania starts 
getting a little bit of a push. And then slowly but surely, it seems like the crowd was getting behind him. I don't know if the crowd would have got behind uh, Ali as much because Kofi has that equity and has all those title reigns and has everything else built up and has the new day where, you know, even though throwing the pancakes out was so stupid and corny and like all that. But the, a lot of the fans like that kind of stuff. And they were buying their merch and buying their Wheaties and stuff. Yeah. Or Bootios, whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bootios, of course. Yeah, but, but we were talking about uh, Darby Allen and Orange Cassidy, and do you want to say Marco Stunt? Of course you can. Uh, people who who enjoy that part of it. So, um, yeah, the pancakes were, were what they were, but but it, it, the same thing with Austin and uh, Triple H. You know, if, if Triple H wouldn't have been punished, that wouldn't have created an opportunity for Stone Cold to win the Rumble and go on to, to what he became. Uh, so same thing. Was it? Obviously, it was destiny. Obviously, it was meant to be. And we don't always know when we're going to get to those crossroads. You know, when uh, luck is uh, preparation meeting opportunity, and you have to be ready because you you can't say, "Hey, are you ready to have your top spot?" It's not how it works. It's you have to be ready because it's going to happen here and we can't determine when here is so kofi was ready uh and and the only way to know if you're ready or not is just to do it and if, if you fall on your face then guess what you're not ready but he didn't fall on his face and kofi mania did take over and uh he, he made the most of it few years ago a lot of people were saying that was their favorite match of the year you know with daniel bryan versus him for the world title obviously he gets the surprise win upsets daniel bryan becomes the wb champion a lot of people never saw that coming just for the fact i mean maybe the build-up i'm sure they saw it coming, but just for his career the way it was going it's like oh he's never kind of gonna get through that glass ceiling he's never gonna be world champion then boom the daniel bryan things happen obviously daniel bryan is one of the best ever to do it at you know making the other guy look good so i mean that also helps but Kofi, world champion, can never take that away from him. Well, once again, um, th there's the unpredictability. Nobody ever thought it would happen. Well, yeah, let's 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 show you anything can happen, and uh, it, it was up to both guys. And and you're right, Daniel Bryan was was great, and is great at doing what he does best. But you have to give it to Kofi too. He held up his end of the oh, yeah. uh, end of the match. So. That, that, again, is one of those things where you're given an opportunity, you can make the most of it and create even farther, or you can just uh, squander it all the way and never have that chance again. So uh, sometimes you only get one chance, and whatever you make of that is up to you. A lot of people said that's his best match ever and not a bad spot to have your best match as one of the main events of a WrestleMania, right? I mean, that'll have a, a, a piece of somebody's memory or keep in somebody's memory bank. As well as should. Yeah. Uh, shit. We're coming up on WrestleMania. Is it 38 next year? Yep. Okay. WrestleMania 38. So 38 years of WrestleMania. And there have been so many matches that, that have passed through time. But when they come out with the greatest WrestleMania matches of all time, probably at the 50-year mark, um, it's going to be interesting to see what what that number one match is uh, for all WrestleManias. Is it, you know, because I remember WrestleMania 1. I remember 
uh, Hogan and uh, uh, Mr. T and, and Orndorff and Piper and, and Bob Orton Jr. on the outside. And so, it, you know, that that was the creation and that was the start. And now, uh, with, with the years gone by, the styles changed, the attitudes changed, cultures changed, hell, the world's changed. But you can still look back, and when they talk about great matches and main events at WrestleMania, Kofi has his name emblazoned in, in, in there. So you can't uh, say anything else except he earned it, he deserved it, and I think I think he's still got a long way to go. And he's 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 still got a great career ahead of him. With him, did he go to JPWA? I think you said he's been down there, right? No, no, he did oh, not. I went ooh. down. I went down to the Coliseum to to say hello to him and, and the guys. Uh, he has not had a chance to come by yet. Of course, um, <laughs> sometimes when you come into town and you're you're you've been on the road for a while, you you want to go do your job, go to work, and then either go to the next town or go to your hotel. So I get it. But uh, yeah, he 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 will when he gets a chance. He said, but uh, we'll wait and see. Nice. As far as Kofi, you're right. I think there's a uh, not that old, so I think there's a lot left uh, for him. He's back in the New Day tag team, of course. Basically, they said they weren't going to break up in the traditional way, where like you know the heel, you know, big ears will be turned on him. Um, that is yet to be seen, which is good, but right. uh, we'll see what what's uh, next in store. But at least he's got that main event at WrestleMania on his mantle and, and the world and, title. And you know, talk about uh, great three man teams. You had the Freebirds, and you had the Von Erichs, and you had these uh, elements out there of the Four Horsemen that that, that never split yep. up, but they were able to go in different avenues and different uh, ways as a single or a tag or whatever was needed. And all three are talented, um, and all three understand what the business is, and all three are students of the game. Uh, so I think that uh, while they appreciate and, and love one another, no doubt in my mind, uh, Xavier and Biggie both would love to have a world title strapped around their waist too. So far it's been Kofi. And uh, he should be proud of that. He should be happy for that. And uh, and know that there's more uh, for him coming. And, and I really do believe he's going to be uh, even more successful. As far as the plugs, let's get into those and talk about your book, A Pro Wrestling Curriculum, Advice, Suggestions, and Stories to Help the Aspiring Pro Get to the Next Level. Dr. Tom, where can they get the book? I almost thought you were uh, memorizing that, but then I realized you're reading it right off the book, which is great. You can go to jpwrestlingacademy.com, and it is on the front page. You can order that book. It'll come right to you. So jpwrestlingacademy.com for the book, and also all information about our upcoming next session with JPWA. Nice. Also, go to prowrestlingtees.com. You go to the Dr. Tom Pritchard store or go to the JPWA store and get a shirt. Like Dr. Tom said, definitely check out the website. You can also check out my website, tmptempire.com. Also, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Two Man Power Trip. You can follow Dr. Tom on Twitter at Dr. Tom Pritchard. Dr. Tom, anything else? Any uh, upcoming appearances or anything you got going on? 
Uh, yeah, we do. Uh, once again, I have to look at my book, but uh, coming in June, I believe it is the gathering in Charlotte. And uh, I have a couple seminars coming up. Uh, maybe I should have had this ready, huh? But I, I do know that in June, yes, June 12th, EPW Wrestling in uh, Boonville, Mississippi. Have a seminar coming up there. Uh, you can probably find it. Yeah, on EPW Wrestling, I guess. Um, there, I just, yeah. yeah, sure. And, oh man, we have uh, a few of our guys getting out there as well. Uh, we had uh, Jake the Mother Lover Tucker. Jake Tucker, the mother lover, just wrestled reality of wrestling this weekend, too. So, oh, nice, yeah, we have some Booker BTZ, yeah. yes, exactly. On the 10th of July, I'll be in New England for New England All Star, uh, with Ambition Sports and Entertainment. I'll be there the 10th and 11th. So, then Cranford, New Jersey, wow, we got this in there, too. Cranford, New Jersey, uh, tentatively on the 17th of July. And uh, the gathering is actually on July 23rd and 24th. So, and that's as far as I want to go now because I have a couple coming up in August, I think. But staying busy. Nice. That is great. I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in this week. We'll see you right back here next week for Take You to School with Dr. Tom Pritchard. See you next week, folks. This has been a John Paz Power Trip production in conjunction with the two-man power trip of wrestling. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at two-man power trip. You can check us out on Facebook. You can subscribe on YouTube. You can go to patreon.com slash TMPT Empire to become a patron. And also check out the website tmptempire.com and buy a shirt at prowrestlingtees.com. Two-man power trip where the power lies brother.